0: Conrad, he's Duncan, and we are Stranger by the Dozen. Alright, enough Micronauts. Let's go back to the macro verse, Duncan. It's going to be a good time.
1: More than enough Micronauts.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'd say Micronauts is a micro knot.
1: Ooh!
0: Okay. You're better than that, Conrad. <laughs> I know. I have no self-respect. Alright, let's go <laughs> to uh, to Doctor Strange 47. From June, 1981. The Grand Illusion. Roger Stern, writer. Gene Colan, penciler. Dan Green, inker. Jim Novak, letterer. Bob Sharon, colorist. Joe Duffy, editor. Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. All right, so this one starts with Doctor Strange doing a rare magical training session with Clea.
1: Ooh. This is his first one
0: ever, I bet. I mean... I think we might have seen one or two, but this is definitely the first, like, intensive training session we've seen with Doctor Strange. Um, He has her try to control the rings of Ragador, and then he attacks her, like, with his mystic powers. Although she, including, I believe, the Bands of Sidorak, one of my favorite magical abilities. But although she fails to maintain the rings, she does manage to deflect his attack, which is good enough. <laughs> um, or like you know, fine, I guess. So as a reward, he gifts her. He, he gives her her own spell book to like write her in spells and incantation and other things like that as she learns or or creates them. Which I mean, like we've been saying, this sounds like something that that should happen the first day.
1: Yeah, she was, you certainly she need was to his, give him the textbook
0: instead of like now, like four years in. You know,
1: <laughs> you've earned it by. Sticking with me for so long.
0: <laughs> it's true. Well, this is, we'll see. All right. But after uh, the training session, we bump into Klaia, uh, no, to uh, Wong and Sarah Wolf, Dr. Strange's business manager, having a discussion about um, like business things. Sure. <laughs> and basically Wong isn't giving her the receipt, isn't, isn't giving her the receipts that he uses when he buys stuff for the Sanctum and stuff. And Doctor Strange is like, yeah, that's probably, it's probably better that you don't, like, declare that stuff for tax purposes because Eye of Newt or whatever might look weird on an so
1: income tax form. This is, just, like, the fact that they're, like, bringing in these, like, logistics to this whole comic is so strange.
0: Well, like, apparently Wongus had trouble with it because the reason why, like, Sarah was was hired on in the first place is because Doctor Strange has, you know some safe full of magically created gold bars or whatever, you know, wave yeah, mag- like, He can wave his hand and just make a ton of money or whatever, but it's hard. You know, if you don't have a business manager, it's hard to then schedule those payments and stuff like that.
1: I'm just saying, like, I thought we solved this whole like issue of him having to deal with like boring real people stuff with him being a wizard, like a hundred episodes ago.
0: Yeah. You'd think we'd solved it back in the sixties, but now it's raising its ugly head here in the go, go eighties, you know,
1: uh, I knew there was a problem with the 80s. I mean, uh, let's not get Just into it. Just <laughs> one. Just this one.
0: Anyhow, Doctor Strange is pulled away from this super interesting discussion of his uh, financial logistics.
1: Thank by, goodness.
0: By a sense of some sort of evil sources. So he, <laughs> or some sort of attack of evil forces. So he uh, retreats to his study. With Clea following him, they consult the Eye of Agam- sorry, the Orb of Akamato, and there's some kind of problems in the town of Norcross in the North Carolina border uh, from the university. We smash cut to Norcross University, where a bunch of college students are looking at, um, you know, relics, a relic kind of thing.
1: Yes, it's like a chest and a bell.
0: Yeah. Well, there's some books in there too, books with locks on them and stuff. Always a good sign. Sure. One of the students grabs a uh, grabs the bell and starts playing, it, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's so beautiful!" Which probably isn't a good um, a good thing.
1: No, you don't mess with stuff you find in a chest. That's just like, like rule number one.
0: Like it says, she strikes the bell with the mallet, and then she rubs the mallet around its edge faster and faster. The volume of the bell's tones growing ever greater these guys have a cursed bell it's like
1: super obvious there's writing yep. on
0: the bell this is a bad time
1: yeah that's just you know what they're asking for it
0: mm-hmm. these are like i mean these are like the college the uh, the, the the kids in evil dead you know like yeah you, fi- you find a book in the middle of the forest you read it out loud that's how you do
1: or the kids in like cabin in the woods i mean anything yeah exactly yeah pretty much any of those
0: <laughs> yeah meanwhile Doctor strange and clay are on the are on a plane. On their way to North Carolina, Doctor Strange uh, astral projects across the campus, finds people being weird and overcome by psychic trauma, follows the vibrations of that psychic force, and comes to the building that the bell's in where he hits a mystic barrier. So that's where to go. he goes back to the plane, and good times. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. So... We, we, we cut again to that evening, Dr. Strange and Clea are meeting with the dean of the university. Stupid and dean. Exactly. Dr. Strange is like, hey, you guys have like a crazy curse thing going on in your campus. And he's like, most irregular blah.
1: We'll have no such <laughs> Secret program. probation for everyone.
0: We'll have no such thing at Norcross
1: University, I say. <laughs> but then a brick comes flying through his window. And believe like Strange through that. If there wasn't the next panel,
0: yeah. In the next panel, a bunch of students are protesting '60s style on the uh, in, in the campus quad, like uh, they're they're chanting and doing everything. You know, old Dean Baddick's gotta go. Ain't gonna take his asterisk signs no more.
1: <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad that they invented rhyming in the '90s as doctor so
0: doctor strange confronts these college students and finds that they are being controlled by the psychic power of the immortal being icon
1: okay is that the bell monster
0: yeah icon i k o n n is um
1: <laughs> he's the
0: personification of illusion doctor strange has used him a couple times like when doctor strange casts an illusion spell he'll often call upon like the images of icon to mask his presence or make his robes look like pants or something like that, you know?
1: <laughs> cool.
0: Okay, so they're like buddies. I mean, he sort of calls upon his power to influence things, but, you know, their relationship is not, is not super buddy-buddy. Yeah. As we see, as they sort of fly around and have a big, like, illusion fight icon kind of grabbing Doctor Strange with crazy flying chains or animating a... uh a chimney to, like, grab him by the back of his cloak and stuff. Eventually, <laughs> Dr. Strange is physically able, physically flies through the window of the building when the lady's playing the bell. She's still playing it, like, apparently for, like, a day or two. Yeah. Um, And Dr. Strange manages to stop her by doing the old time slow. Like, he, he slows down time around the lady playing the bell so that eventually uh, it no longer makes a sound.
1: Okay, I wonder if that's going to make her live longer. If if only just sh- barely.
0: I feel like he's gonna he speeds her up after the bell not being rung. Uh, d- uh banishes icon. He sort of brings it okay. back to normal, and then you know brainwashes her. Of course, brainwashes everybody.
1: Yeah, everyone's been brainwashed except for the dean. Now,
0: even the dean even the dean is brainwashed because he takes. He, he restarts his speech from where, he, from where he paused it when a brick came flying through the window. Oh, man. It's, really? like, it's like, I'm the deed, and nothing irregular happens on my campus. We didn't even have any demonstrations during the 60s. Blah, 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 blah. And then, <laughs> there, uh, Dr. Strange and Clay are interrupted by a bunch of kids barging through the door. Being like, hey, we're an ad hoc committee of disgruntled students and we got a list of demands that we're prepared to go to court to get them because you're no good dean. And the no good dean's like, oh, blah, 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 I've been thwarted. And so, <laughs> and in the chaos, uh, Doctor Strange and Clea sort of slip out.
1: The dean's one weakness is legal precedence.
0: Actually, I think that's the weakness of most deans, honestly. <laughs> Fair enough. If you, if you kind of think about it, <laughs> and so we leave this campus, this uh, charming campus interlude, and go to Doctor Strange forty-eight from August nineteen eighty-one, the power of Doctor Strange. So his new creative team, or a new a new artist, I should say. Yeah, the oh, artist from here on. Overhauled. It's like it's great Well, yeah, we've gone from Gene Colon, who is this guy who's been um, drawing Doctor Strange basically since Steve Ditko stopped drawing him in, like the, in, in the late 60s. I mean, other people have drawn him too, but Gene colin has been there from the start. Two, um, The Power of Doctor Strange, where Stan Lee presents a tale of mystical might brought to you by Roger Stern Writer, Marshall Rogers and Terry Austin Artists, Jim Novak, letterer, Bob Sharon, colorist, Alan Milgram, editor, Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. Yeah, so I think the art's pretty dope. I think it's pretty fun. Um, it's very expressive, kind of, like, exaggerated humanist style. Yeah. The uh, the big things, I think, that you got to know about this art is, one, is that Clea's hair goes super crazy in these comics. Like, previously there's been sort of some attempts to sort of normalize her hair and make it sort of be kind of regular but with a little curl in the front or something, but now she's just got full-on hair devil horns coming out of the top of her head.
1: The way nature intended...
0: Indeed. The other big change is that now uh, Doctor Strange has gone from having kind of a, a pencil mustache, like a, a, a Clark Gable or a Charles Bronson, and is now has a full, uh, like, like, handlebar mustache.
1: Yeah, and I gotta say, I do not approve. I like the pencil mustache compared to the... He just looks skeezy, and he's got, like, that, like, thin gold chains on now. He looks like it's, someone who you would not want to associate with. It's tough, because our
0: story starts with Doctor Strange in... Uh, in civilian clothes, which in this case is like a black turtleneck with like three gold chains around his yeah. neck, and like a brown coat and like a gray coat or something like that. And as he and Sarah Wolf go into the uh, into the bank to deposit some doubloons or something,
1: uh, Sarah Wolf just nothing against her as a character, but she just seems to signify like this is the boring part of the comic.
0: Especially because the worst thing, the most cliched thing in the world happens while they're at the bank, which is two bank robbers show up and Dr. Strange has to deal with them. Which, like I've said all along, part of the reason why I'm reading Dr. Strange is to not have to deal with bank robbers and jewelry heists and stuff like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joke's on you, I guess. Yeah,
0: but so... They hit the deck. Doctor Strange goes to astral form and, like, attacks the bankers and freaks them out. He takes them out pretty easily. Um, you know, they shoot at his ghostly form, and that's normally cool, except he's standing in front of the plate glass window in the front of the bank, so presumably these shots have gone just straight out in the middle of the street in New York, which
1: doesn't seem very good. <laughs> yeah. Do you, no you remember, way... real fast, do you remember, yes. like, I think there was, you know, probably, like, 20-some-odd episodes ago where Dr. Strange went on a shopping spree in Greenwich Village. Yeah. And, and he, just, he goes into he a just, shop and like these people just showed up and like tried to rob the shop mm-hmm. and he just warped their mind and sent them to like some sort of hellscape. I, and, yeah, uh, and
0: then, and, and they brought them back and told them to turn themselves, in, and turn themselves into the police.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that took uh, maybe two panels. And this is like so much time. So many pages has been de- dedicated well, okay, here's the important thing
0: that why he didn't do that, okay? Okay. Because as all this is happening, uh, this lady walks up, and she sees Doctor Strange's normally invisible astral form. Oh, a man. Lady, a lady by the name of Morgana Blessing, who's going to be a big deal in the months to come. Okay. We don't learn her name <laughs> here, but she sees Doctor Strange's um, astral form, and she faints.
1: Uh, and, Doctor okay. Strange,
0: and Doctor Strange is like, oh, lady, I hope you're okay. And she's like, oh, I'm fine. And he walks off. And then she, like, uh, turns to someone else and is like, who was that? And some old lady is like, oh, that's Doctor Strange. I hear he dabbles in the occult.
1: Yeah, it's literally like a stereotypical librarian.
0: Yep. Anyhow, that's not what this comic is about this week, Duncan. Oh, good. This comic is about awesome stuff because... As Doctor Strange and Clea are uh, chilling in the Sanctum Sanctorum, Clea uh, popping some magically created popcorn in the fireplace.
1: Why not just like magically make popcorn? I guess you know the, the act fun of cooking part of the popcorn fun is fun. popping it. Yeah, yeah. But the
0: sanct- the fireplace fills with smoke, and oh, jeez, it's brother, it's brother Voodoo. Oh yeah, Jericho drum. Hey, so brother Voodoo's pretty cool. He's a, yeah, he's, uh, he looks pretty rad. He's an African-American dude, does magic in sort of a voodoo theme. Uh, In, let me spoil you for like 20 years from now, uh, in the (laughs) comics timeline, Uh, eventually Doctor Strange will lose his sorcerer's supreme status, and uh, Brother Voodoo will take over for him, becoming like Doctor Voodoo.
1: Whoa, that's cool.
0: Yeah, so this is sort of a, whatever, a prequel. Oh, sorry, I guess... I say it was African American, but that's not true because he's from Haiti, so I guess he's like Afro Caribbean. Um, anyhow, he's having some trouble, is Baron Voodoo. He sort of explains some of his backstory, where basically um, he first got his powers because, you know, he sort of trained as a doctor himself. He returned and found his brother cursed by the Loa of another um, voodoo priest guy. He swore vengeance. His his and his brother's uh, spirits were so were sort of merged together, and so he became Brother Voodoo. Um,
1: so Brother Voodoo is two people.
0: Yeah, it's him who's sort of a guy who became a member of the Western world and stuff. And sorry, yeah, he 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 became a psychologist, but his brother, his twin brother, had found his way into the Voodoo arts, essentially.
1: Okay, and then they yeah. merged.
0: So then they merged, and they then went to work to defeat uh, the evil Dambala, who was this other voodoo priest guy. They did it by taking control of his, um, of, of his enchanted amulus, a- amulet. His, uh, it's called a Wangal. Okay. And so basically Dambala controlled, con- controlled all these poisonous snakes. Brother Voodoo snags the Wangal. Uh, Dumballa can't control the snakes anymore, and the snakes eat him alive.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Afterwards, Brother Voodoo uh, takes re- returns to the states, starts fighting crime and doing mystic stuff in uh, New Orleans. And as he does, he uh, hides the Wangal in his like you know wall safe kind of thing.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's a pretty good spot to keep it, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's bad, and especially bad when. His mansion burns when his uh, stately New Orleans mansion burns down, and the Wangal and the Wangal is taken. Oh, geez! He believes that some lingering piece of Dambala's um, followers have, have are, are responsible for this, and they're trying to bring back Juan they're trying to bring back Dambala himself. And uh, you know, he's asking for Doctor Strange's help to find um, Dambala's disciples.
1: Okay, not, yeah, not, and to recover the. Like the amulet, I'm assuming?
0: Well, and to find... Yeah, to find, the, to find the Wangal and, you know, destroy it or otherwise sort of save... Um, otherwise stop Damballa's influence. Or Damballa's influence. Which is necessary because as, as Brother Voodoo finishes telling his story, Doctor Strange realizes there's something amiss in Brother Voodoo's tale and restrains him using the Eye of Agamato. It turns out that actually... Brother Voodoo's wearing the wangal of
1: Dambala and is
0: under the demon's control. Oh jeez.
1: Oh, that was a good guess, Strange.
0: Hey, Doctor Strange is a professional. <laughs> uh Damballa flees the scene and with him he takes Brother the brother uh, brother Voodoo's brother's soul, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now Brother Voodoo's free, but we gotta go defeat Dambala and get the brother of Brother Voodoo's soul back. It's good times.
1: I mean, this is a worthwhile cause.
0: Yeah, so um, the spirit of Damballa leaves this pink, tra- this mystic pink trail behind it that Doctor Strange follows. He follows it in the air in his cloak of levitation to an exotic pet store <laughs> where Damballa possesses a big old python and then becomes a huge snake man like fl- running through the streets Sending out the other snakes, attack my children, slay for Damballa.
1: That is terrifying. It's cool, man.
0: The uh, the snake escapes into the sewers, then makes its way to Central Park. Doctor Strange um, tracks it there too, and he wants to sort of go out and search for Damballa, sort of without drawing attention to himself. So he magically puts on street clothes, and then just sort of orders a, one of the uh, horse drawn carriages to just sort of go around the park while Dr. Strange astrally searches for Dumballa. He does, as he does this, like, you know, he just left his astral form behind and stuff and finds the snake, but, like, like, the giant snake man thing. But as he does, he realizes that it's just an illusion, and Dumballa's spirit has left the snake man. Hey, you know where Dumballa's spirit is now, Duncan?
1: Uh, is it inside Stephen Strange?
0: It's inside the evacuated body of Dr. Strange. Oh, dip. The, uh... Strange is, uh, the possessed Dr. Strange stands up, takes off his, uh, necktie and is about to strangle the driver of the horse-drawn carriage as Astral Strange shows up and the two of them have a huge Astral Wizard fight through a couple planes of existence. The whole thing culminates with Damballa fleeing to a nest of Damballa, um, worshippers somewhere in Harlem. Dr. Strange really awesomely crashes through a skylight and then you know, magically zaps them. Basically,
1: it's like that awesome scene from Spawn that everyone remembers, or
0: Batman, or anything else. Really, <laughs> anything. Worse yeah, of pretty much but anything. <laughs> you
1: know? But
0: he manages to zap those guys. Dambala makes a final play for Clay and Brother Voodoo, but Clay manages to block them using a psychic shield. And eventually, Dumbala himself is captured is mystically captured inside the Cloak of Levitation as the Eye of Agamotto purges his physical form, or purges his form from
1: the universe. Wow, you know, for, for only having, like, half a lesson and then making magical popcorn, Clay is like, pretty on the ball. I mean, you gotta remember, Clay
0: comes from the Dark Dimension. It's a world of magic and stuff. She doesn't need Doctor Strange as much as anybody thinks. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. She doesn't need Doctor Strange at all, clearly. Because he's not helped her do anything. Look... And, Except when and, he introduced her to Benjamin Franklin. Uh,
0: but, you know, a uh, an interdimensional woman needs a man like an instrument, interdimensional fish needs a bicycle. That's what I say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that common uh, turn of phrase. Yeah. So, eventually, <laughs> Doctor Strange is able
0: to both reseal Damballa into the amulet and return... Uh, Br- Brother Voodoo's brother's soul to himself, and then Doctor Strange uh, banishes the amulet to the deepest depths of
1: the multiverse. And then he looks out the window and just mind-wipes a passerby, just for, you know, old time's sake.
0: Well, the good thing is that since Brother Voodoo is a, uh, is a, a fellow magical superhero, there's no need to mind-wipe him, and in fact he
1: doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean he just mind-wipes Wong a little bit. <laughs>
0: just for fun. Yeah. Um, he does. Uh, so apparently to get back to the uh, Sanctum in time, Dr. Strange has had to use a cab, and so he sends Wong out to pay the cab's fare.
1: Oh, my gosh. That, that guy's th- just been waiting there <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. He's had the meter
0: running. The other thing is, uh, so Br- Brother Rudy thanks Dr. Strange for his help. All is well that ends well. And he, in a cloud of smoke, disappears back up the chimney and stuff, and it's cool. Yeah. But, like, okay. But like, Doctor Strange won't let Brother Voodoo have a moment's peace because Clay is like, oh, like I don't detect the magical, any magical residue from him teleporting away. And Doctor Strange is like, ah, perhaps it's because he didn't use magic. Like trickery is as big a part as mysticism for Voodoo guys. Maybe he threw a smoke pellet and climbed up the chimney. Is what he says essentially. Which, like, man,
1: what? No. Maybe Why I would admit, anyone do that?
0: One, there's a giant fire in the the fireplace. Yeah. And two, like, just accept that sometimes people have mystical abilities that you can't understand, Doctor Strange. (laughs) You expect other people to do it constantly.
1: I like that idea (laughs) that that there's, like, Doctor Strange is just not always right when it comes to, like, the magical practices of others.
0: Yeah, well, he's got his way of doing, like, there's there's no reason to assume why Ancient One um, style magic is the only way to do magic, you know? Totally. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's step away from Solo Strange to Defenders 104. The uh, Yesterday Never Dies. J.M. Damateus Writer, Don Perlin Penciler, Joe Sinnott and Al Milgram at Inkers, Diana Alvarez-Letterer, George Russo's colorist, Al Milgram and Anne Asensi editors. editors. Jo- Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief.
1: Okay. Man, there's like... It looks to be, like, some uh, some pretty famous names here, like, in, in the superheroing world. Like, I see we got Beast on the cover, mm-hmm. someone who looks like a knockoff of Daredevil, the Tick's there.
0: <laughs> well, one guy's Wonder Man, who's sort of a minor guy.
1: Is that the guy who's, like, Daredevil in a trench coat? Uh,
0: yeah, he's, like, the, he's like the guy in the, red, in the red things with the sunglasses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's Wonder Man. The Tick is a devil slayer, as you'll remember, you jerk. Yep. <laughs> so we open with devil slayer who again is this tick looking guy used to you know whatever it's he's like a, if weyfeld
1: made the tick he just has way more like
0: straps all over him ah uh, but it, you know you, you can definitely see his feet as the junky sunshine that we saw him befriend at the end of last episode begs him for more heroin as uh devil slayer just is trying to detox him yep and they have a big kind of like, I ah, don't you know, like, ah, I'm weak, you gotta help me. Like, I'm trying to help you by getting you off the junk. No, I need one last fix, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. As, as this happens, there's a knock at the door, and the person on the other side is some sort of a monkey demon, I'm gonna say.
1: Yeah, I think the emphasis on the demon.
0: Yeah, definitely more demon than monkey, I can agree with that. But he gives Devil Slayer a. a a package or like an envelope and inside the envelope is a picture of devil slayer's wife bound and gagged and a letter like sort of threatening him and so forth. We learn about uh, devil slayer's backstory here, um, how he was a soldier nom and then came back to America and fell in love with his wife, Corey, but eventually she left him and he became a drunk and eventually managed to pull himself out of drunkenness by becoming a hitman for the mob.
1: <laughs> okay, I mean that's a we have we have a superhero who became a drunk and then learned to be the master of the mystic arts. So I'm I'm gonna accept this turnaround. Uh, fair, that's
0: super fair. Um, while he was a hitman for the mob, and this was before he became a hitman for a uh, cult based on Blue, Oy- Blue Oyster Cult lyrics. Um, <laughs> The, one of the people he, tra- he tried to kill was a reporter, but instead he accidentally killed the reporter's wife and child. Which oh, is when, which is when geez. he left the uh, he left the hitman business, basically.
1: Yeah, that's man. That's a hard that's a hard act to try and like recover from. Now that I know that you're a superhero who's just murdered some people,
0: mm-hmm. and so at the same, and so it looks like the guy he was actually trying to kill has now caught up with Devil Slayer and has kidnapped his wife and is, like, yep. out, for, out for revenge. You know, that's how it goes.
1: Yeah. You know, like this is the same thing with, like, those Micronauts or whatever. I've already forgotten what they're called. But Micronauts. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I got it right. <laughs> okay. Well, so, but, I mean, it's just like, yeah, you kind of had this coming, bro. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyhow. So, meanwhile, in what apparently is the Devil's Backyard, the deserts of Arizona... Um, uh, Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan, is like on a kind of a walkabout or something. He's just wandering (laughs) through the wastes, and like is like, you know, not doing so well. He collapses and calls out to his father, and the devil basically appears in front of him, like as a shadow standing over him, and is like,
1: "Spare me your infantile cries." Oh, that's so symbolic. You may
0: not return to hell. Until the remaining humanity has been purged from your soul. So apparently he's having some problems in hell.
1: I mean, I, I think everyone has problems in hell.
0: Yeah, but this guy's trying to be like the prince of hell, and he's having problems being evil enough to live up to the devil's standards, is basically the thing. Fair enough. Yeah. So we smash cut again to the Sanctum Sanctorum. So I don't know if you remember, but we ended last issue, we ended last episode on Defenders 101. That was our last Defenders episode. And this is Defenders 104, so sort of, sort of three issues have happened in between this one and the last one. And it's mostly been sort of side stories about Gargoyle and other people like that um, that aren't really aren't a huge deal. Mostly, it's all like Gargoyle being sad and Kyle Richmond's uh, Kyle Richmond's lawsuit being dropped against him because he's paralyzed now.
1: I'm so glad we skipped that.
0: There was one. There's one good part where Kyle Richmond's in uh, physical therapy. He's another woman who's in a wheelchair, and it turns out that he put her in a wheelchair because of a car accident he was in when he was a a, a drunken a drunken youth. And then because it's comic books, that lady turns out to be a powerful psychic, and the reason why Kyle Richmond is now paralyzed is because. The life force energy that was sustaining him was weakened by a powerful psychic attack when her psychic powers were activated by a shadow government organization.
1: Okay, I'm going to just, you know, take your word on that. It's been three
0: issues, a lot has happened. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> One of the other things that happened is, like, I think in issue 102 or 103, uh, Hank McCoy, the Beast from the X-Men and the Avengers showed up at the front door of the Sanctum Sanctorum and was like, hey, is Doctor Strange here? Like, I need to talk to him. And Wong was like, sorry, buddy, he's in the microverse. And so finally, after a period of, like, weeks, Doctor Strange finally gets a chance to talk to Hank McCoy. But even then, as they're about to get down to business, they're interrupted again by Wong as uh, Sunshine, the junkie guy, shows up and gives Doctor Strange the letter, like, hey... Devil Slayer's wife has been kidnapped, and now he's gone to save her. You guys better help her out as well.
1: It'd be really cool if there was some sort of entity who could like warp space-time and the fabric of reality and maybe get this guy off of drugs quickly. I think there's other... I don't know. I don't know how it works. (laughs) Yeah, plus it's probably got to be something you work for, but still...
0: Yeah, you don't want to just give it to somebody. Like, if you just magic, if you just magic someone clean, they'll probably like. What's to stop them just getting back on it? You know, I don't know how it works. I'm not. It's not my area of expertise.
1: Yeah, me either.
0: But so before, so Doctor Strange asks Beast if he'll help him out on this Devil Slayer situation, and Beast is like, "Of course." We'll probably need some more, uh, some more help though. Let me call my buddy uh, Wonder Man, who's another ex Avenger, like the way Beast is. Okay. And like, man, I Wonder Man always befuddles me. He's got glasses. He's got a sweet red coat. Um, he's got super strength and can kind of sometimes do like energy stuff. He's just kind of a generic superhero. I'd say this dude That's is the best way.
1: This dude is super bland, and they gave him top billing over Beast, which is like mm-hmm. so confusing.
0: Well, you know, we're still in the middle of the beat of the X Men's revival here, but the regular X Men aren't part of that it's all um it's all wolverine and storm and those guys you know yeah but so with the team now assembled we smash cut to a uh deserted um warehouse in the part of new york where you have deserted warehouses and bad guys with evil schemes you know the the part
1: probably by a dock or something Mm mm-hmm so we go
0: to this warehouse where Devil Slayer is confronting the uh, Ian Fate, this reporter whose family was lost and now is apparently studying the dark arts as he stands in the center of a pentagram with candles on it, his, an army of demons on uh, at his back and to his side, the body of Corey, the Devil Slayer's wife, suspended in midair with a bunch of daggers like surrounding her and stuff. So Fate sort of goes on and explains how he trained to become a crazy magic guy and now he's out for revenge and devil slayer's like no like you know you can't kill my wife and he starts fighting the demon's guys as he does the knives slowly enter his wife's body and oh goodness she appears to be dead like just slowly killed by crazy demon knives but as devil slayer um as devil slayer reacts her body vanishes And it turns out that uh, fate was lying to her, that this was just an illusion lady. And in fact, she's located in a different dimension where she's uh, trapped in a prison being assaulted by crazy demon guys. And so he sort of leaves Devil Slayer to use his cloak to meander through the dimensions trying to find his wife before the forest field fails and demons kill her.
1: that's intense
0: because you know that's good revenge it'll drive him mad and stuff
1: yeah for sure
0: devil slayer laments that there's no hope but then a voice says there's always hope as long as a man is not alone and it's dr strange beast and wonder man oh yeah here to help out finally hey meanwhile all the charges have been dropped against kyle richmond aka nighthawk the paralyzed guy let's have a party
1: Where's the fast forward button on this podcast?
0: <laughs> all the all the other defenders, except for Doctor, you know, except for the Doctor Strange based ones, are there, um, as well as Matt Murdock, Dare, A.K.A. Daredevil, who's one of Kyle's lawyers.
1: Oh man, but, I hope he and Wonder Wonder Boy like meet up. <laughs>
0: but yes, yeah, Valkyrie, Gargoyle, Hellcat, and Nighthawk himself, his nurse, as they toast. A bunch of uh, thugs come in who reveal themselves be part of a. Uh, cib which is a government agency that i'm forgetting what it does in the marvel universe i think it has something to do with the psychic lady that um was in the wheelchair that um Nighthawk dealt with and stuff like that whatever
1: oh, okay
0: yeah the important thing is they're like hey you gotta come with us kyle richmond like you're a uh, you know you're a wanted man or something or you know and the other defenders sort of suit up and are like, hey, you can't take our buddy. We're going to fight you. As they do, the government guys pull out their gas guns, gas everybody. And when they wake up, it's just uh, Kyle's lawyer and his, and Matt Murdock and like his nurse. And the other defenders <laughs> have been kidnapped. Where? Well, we'll see in like next episode. Oh, okay. This is the start of a, of a big ol' big uh, defender storyline. Anyhow, back with the main plot, Doctor Strange has managed to figure out where um, Devil Slayer's wife is being held captive, and the four of them quickly teleport to that demonic dimension. There's a bunch of, you know, moving around on flying um, islands in the sky and standard sort of Doctor Strange stuff, and eventually the team makes their way to where Corey is being held by the demons as fate looks on. And you know it's fight time. Basically, uh, Beast, Wonder Man, and Devil Slayer all fight the demon, while Doctor Strange has a quick wizard battle with Ian Fate, quickly taking him down because this guy's just a novice, and Doctor Strange is master of the mystic arts. So don't yep. d- don't don't mess around.
1: I wasn't well, really worried, but it's yeah. good to know.
0: Good to know for sure. During the fight, though, a demon grabs one of Devil Slayer's daggers. And before anyone can do anything, plunges it into the heart of Devil Slayer's wife. Oh, jeez.
1: Oh, gosh. This is not good.
0: We've done all this stuff. His wife dies. But then, at the last minute, all disguises are turn, t- torn away. And it turns out that uh, instead of Devil Slayer's wife, Corey, being killed, that junkie Sunshine from earlier in this comic was, had been replaced and uh, illusioned to look like her instead. Fate tries to explain himself by saying, like, you know, at the end, I couldn't hurt an innocent woman, so instead I swapped her out for a junkie who, if he dies, no one would miss her. No one would miss them. Yeah. And everybody's like, dude, that is ridiculously uncool. That
1: is that is weird logic. That's sort and, of like honor yeah. among thieves.
0: And then Devil Slayer is, um, is super broken up about it. He teleports away with Sunshine's body just kind of make things right, or to do some stuff, or to try to make peace with himself. And, uh, Ian Fate enjoys his pyrrhic victory, basically, as uh, Wonder Man, Doctor Strange, and the Beast all yell at him. (laughs) And whatever. The basic answer, don't try to get revenge. That's, like, big driving thing. It's not as fun as it seems.
1: I don't know. I've gotten revenge a couple times. It's pretty rad.
0: Okay, fair enough. I'm not gonna, that's not a hill I'm gonna die on. (laughs) But, (laughs) but you contradicted me, and now I'll have my revenge. <laughs> so let's go to uh, Defenders 105 from March 1982. We're like a couple months ahead in Defenders, but that's because we're about to do a whole bunch of Dr. Stranges in a row, and then a bunch of Defenders in a row, so the dates should line up eventually. This issue is titled Rising. J.M. DeMatteis, writer, Don Perlin, and Joe Sinat artists. Shelley Lefferman-Letterer, George Russo's colorist, Hal Milgram, and Senti editors, Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. So, okay. After a bunch of months, Beast finally gets a chance to tell Doctor Strange what's going on and what he, why he came here to talk to him. Basically, Beast has a girlfriend. Ooh. Is it Gambit? You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So Beast has this girlfriend named v- Vera Cantor... The two of them recently re- re- reunited when suddenly she was poisoned by Jarvis, the uh, Avengers butler, who turned out to be a scroll in disguise. The, uh, the whole team went through an adventure through time and space to find a magical item called the Resurrection Stone to bring her back. But then it turned out that the Resurrection Stone was actually like super ultra demonstrably evil, so the beast crushed it instead. But now he's like, man, counterpoint, I do kind of want my girlfriend to not be dead. So maybe this magical item, a mix of magic and science, can be actually used if I get the best magician and scientist available. And to that end, he's called on Dr. Strange and Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four.
1: Sounds like the best scientist was busy.
0: Oh, burn. Also (laughs) accurate.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, like, a normal good scientist doesn't get himself and his uh, compatriots, like, horribly mutated.
0: Oh, come on, only one of them's horribly mutated. The rest of them are mutated pretty coolly.
1: But (laughs) But they're wonderfully mutated.
0: Counterpoint, I hate you, Duncan, for even making me try to justify anything Reed Richards has done. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, Doctor Strange has been meditating over the uh, crystalline uh, dust and pebbles that used to be the Stone of Resurrection and, or Resurrection Stone I should say, and he's had a breakthrough there's a way they might be able to uh, gain knowledge from the remains by entering them and confronting the consciousness within dun-dun-dun meanwhile
1: <laughs> this is the craziest
0: meanwhile, David Hellstrom is back in Arizona where he's in the middle <laughs> of, uh, d- of demon Summer Camp you know, so it's basically everybody's out in the campsite, sitting in a big circle, Damon in the middle, and it's time to evil him up. Hey, hey, Duncan, you know how they're going to evil him up?
1: No, I don't. Please tell me.
0: <laughs> going to make him kill this baby.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I hey. thought something like that would happen.
0: Here's a baby. Take this rock and kill it.
1: <laughs> pretty, that's pretty much exactly how it's going down.
0: He, uh, he tries to, but then he can't. can't just brain a baby with a rock. He's not that evil. And the demons yell at him like Satan yells at him. Like you gotta choose. You gotta choose if you want to be evil like your daddy.
1: It seems like he doesn't want to be evil like his daddy. It seems I like mean, that he should stop trying to like imp- one impress him and two like you know
0: yeah, he's take his a, throne. He's having a weird talk to himself like Kylo Ren is in uh, in the Force Awakens. You know, <laughs> he feels the pull of good is too strong for him to overcome. You know.
1: Yeah. Or the pull of not being a baby murderer. I don't even think that's, like, good. I just think that that's, like, basic.
0: Hey, no half measures with, with Satan. That's what I say.
1: <laughs>
0: Anyhow, hey, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards, and Beast are like, all right, let's uh, warp into this crystal thing. That'll be fun. They teleport through time and space into the entity inside the crystals. You know they're teleporting through time and space because as they teleport, a bunch of clocks show up for no reason in the background.
1: For sure, either that or like they're hanging out with Dolly. <laughs> oh, could Sorry. be one of
0: those. no problem. Could be one of those two. And yeah, they arrive in the crystal crystal world. There's like crystal dinosaurs and other things. Everybody fights them, and eventually, These
1: crystal dinosaurs are rad. Yeah, man. They're and, just not very sturdy.
0: Well, you know, they're made of crystal, so like if Reed Richards bonks two of their heads together, they shatter, which is tough. You know,
1: <laughs> you mean for Reed Richards to do something worthwhile?
0: <sighs> Ugh anyhow a uh, eventually as they fight these demon these crystal monsters a uh, shadow appears and it's like congratulations your mystic tricks are quite refined <laughs> and we smash cut back to Arizona where basically um we see the passion of the Helstrom i guess
1: this is so weird like
0: like helstrom's <sighs> going kind to of wandering through the Arizona desert as demons like throw rocks and stuff at him Two guys put up this weird crucifix.
1: Made yeah, he's like, carrying—he's carrying a snake thing.
0: cross. Yeah, this like snake and face, evil face crucifix. And they're like, "All right, like this—if this doesn't make you evil, nothing will." And eventually, he's like, "No, man, this is ridiculous. I won't do it. I won't do it. You know, I'll never let you rule me. Never. It's like this is blasphemy and stuff." I hate this job interview. This sucks. You suck. Exactly. And so as Damon passes out, saying that he'll never truly be evil, we cut back to the inside of the crystal where an enthroned crystal lady basically um, tries to tempt them to the dark side, essentially. Like, I'm this powerful crystal, and I'm trying to seduce you to my crystalline power. Why don't you have come out, come in and join me in crystalness and stuff.
1: <laughs> what um, you don't know at home, is that is word for word what it says in the comic.
0: It's pretty close, guys. <laughs> like... Both, um, Dr. Strange and Reed Richards are turned into crystal dudes, uh, and it ends with the beast rejecting his offer, and him, too, being turned to crystal. Dun-dun-dun. Meanwhile, back in hell, (laughs) um, Damon Hellstrom is sitting before the throne of the devil, or of Satan, basically saying, like, I'm sorry, Dad, I'll never be evil, I've chosen good. And Satan says, uh, like, that's, that's cool, dude. I knew you were a good guy. You've chosen wisely. And David Ellsworth's like, what? What do you mean chosen wisely? I'm like, wisely? what? Then we get a big thing where, Sa- where Satan talks about how he has many faces. He shows us that all the different devils that we've seen previously are all different incarnations of this same Satan. So all those different Satans last it episode, same dude. It's like a unholy quadrinity. Uh, okay. <laughs> but then... He says, you've rejected all these four faces of my demon faces, like, you know, Satanish and Mephisto and stuff, but you've embraced my other face, which it's implied is like God or whatever. It's a bright light. For sure. (laughs) And whatever. And so, you know, basically, the devil, uh, Satan is like, yeah, so, you know, I can encompass all things. I'm I'm Satan. I'm pretty decent. I'm a good dad. Didn't kill you before. Continue not killing you. Um, so yeah, Satan's just like, yeah, go back to being a, go back to Earth and be a Satan-themed good guy. I'm cool with it. <laughs> You'll soon forget about this fact that I've just tipped you to that I'm also God. It's cool. Just, you know, have a good one. Wow. Yeah. And, and Satan is then, and, uh, Son of Satan is then teleported to the four-year to, no, to, like, the study of Doctor Strange's, uh, Second Sanktora where he finds the now re-intact Resurrection Stone. He hears the Resurrection Stone call out to him, like, hey, I'm this Resurrection Stone, I'm totally evil, but I'll give you power, it'll be awesome. And Hellstrom's like, dude, I just, like, spent six months rejecting (laughs) an evil pitch for ultimate power. This is like, now my power is rejecting this sort of thing. (laughs) And so he pegs the stone on the ground as it breaks with, like, a know uh, in, in a cloud that looks like a lady, and from it jump Reed Richards, Beast, and Doctor Strange. Hell yeah,
1: Dr. Strange
0: think. Yeah, Doctor Strange then once again banishes these uh, the uh, the shards of the gem to parts unknown. Will it ever be found again? Good times.
1: Sure, they will. And
0: it's good, like they're all alive. But man, Beast's girlfriend is still dead. That's a bummer. But in one last thing, Damon Hellstrom uses his crazy satanic healing powers and brings
1: Vera back to life. That is the weirdest <laughs> satanic healing powers is like the weirdest yeah. phrase ever. Yeah, we, we, we had it last
0: week too, you know? It's sort of it's pretty yeah, I does. know.
1: It's I've just not gotten over it. <laughs> Anyhow, well, yeah. <laughs> I also love like so when she's brought back to life, the beast is so like overcome with joy he does a cartwheel and says zippity doodah.
0: Yeah, man. There's some good, all the standard, like, I didn't go into it, but all the standard beastisms have been in both these comics. He said, like, oh, my stars and garters and stuff like that.
1: Oh, right, so he's just stealing stuff from people?
0: Beast is a weird dude. I can't stress it enough.
1: <laughs> Clearly. That's almost like his claim to fame.
0: Like, Well, like, but like people think he's a weird dude cuz he's like he's got covered in blue fur but that is not what makes him weird
1: <laughs> that is probably the most normal thing about him
0: <laughs> i mean you know kind of basically <laughs> but hey all's well that ends well man uh Damon hellstrom's got a new life to try to live and be another us uh, once again a satan themed uh, superhero and dr strange and uh, no and uh, the beast's girlfriend is back alive and that's always nice yeah totally i'm happy for the beast yeah, speaking of alive girlfriends, let's go to Doctor Strange 49 from October 1981. The This Menace Reborn. A Roger Stern, Marshall Rogers, and Terry Richardson production. Jim Novak letterer, Bob Sharon colorist, Alan Milgram editor, Jim Shooter, editor in chief. So this this episode opens with Doctor Strange and Clea doing tantric exercises magically.
1: Yep. Also, I mean, I've seen him astral project before. He's worn clothes in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. As, th- as they now astral project nakedly through some yin-yang signs, there's also a, uh, a shadowy force beneath them manipulating thingamajigs. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's the best I can say, man. Th- thingamajigs are being manipulated.
1: No, definitely.
0: So at the same time, uh, Doctor Strange gets a phone call? From that Morgana blessing lady from last episode that saw him when he astral projected.
1: Man, Wong should just have taken a message.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's specifically Sarah who uh who interrupts him with the phone call, and it's because she doesn't know not to interrupt him when he's doing meditation stuff.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: But so uh Morgana is calling her in a in her aerobics outfit, it seems. <laughs> and as they sort of talk and she kind of like wants to know occult stuff, and he's like, no, lady, leave me alone, I'm trying to be polite, but I'm brushing you off. A
1: <laughs>
0: mystical pink tentacle comes out of, a, of, like, a mystic portal and starts reaching through the Sanctum Sanctorum and all around the Earth and stuff.
1: It's really cool. It sort of, like, cuts through, through like, the Sanctum Sanctorum, and then, like, it, you see it, like, go through, like, alternate dimensions and like, planes of reality. I think that looks pretty rad. Yeah, and it
0: leads all the way back to Baron Mordo.
1: Oh, not this jerk again.
0: Hey, we'll remember Baron Mordo last when he was trying to take over the nexus of all realities, like Man-Thing was involved and stuff. Um, That Lord Fife guy that was hanging around Doctor Strange's house was turned into a uh, death monster. Right. And there were a bunch of of stuff, and then with with Baron Mordo being cast into just kind of nothingness, I guess. Now he's (laughs) at the center of a bunch of different um, dimensions, and the energies of those dimensions have increased his power, making him nearly undefeatable, or so he thinks, I
1: guess. (laughs) He's got
0: high aspirations. Yeah, I'll note that, of course, if you're a new listener, and you've just listened to and, and this is your first episode after watching the Doctor Strange movie, um... Baron Mordo? Oh, uh, he's way different. I don't want it, to. It, 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 it's hard to even get into it without just saying, like, listen to the first three episodes that are Mordo heavy and have a lot going on.
1: I mean, but you might as well check those out.
0: Yeah. And the movie's good too. Just different Mordo. It's a white guy now, Eastern European. Got a real crazy goatee going on. No mustache, so we know he's evil. Uh, <laughs> but so, as Doctor Strange tries to politely blow off Morgana. Mordo, like, sends a flash of mystic energy through the phone line to Dr. Strange, which makes Strange think, like, oh, maybe there's actually something mystically going on with Morgana here, so uh, I'll better arrange to uh, have a meeting with her. Oh, man. Someone's so, playing matchmaker. Basically.
1: <laughs>
0: so Dr. Strange heads out to meet with, Mor- with Morgana. As he does, he uses his magical powers to change into street clothes, Duncan. Yeah, which and I his, always love. And his street clothes are like an all-white jumpsuit with a flared collar, a black turtleneck underneath, and like black boots that come up to like his knees.
1: I mean, just because he's got a bunch of magical powers doesn't mean he's got a bunch of fashion sense.
0: These are the most ridiculous street clothes I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> he looks like he just finished up his job as like the world's most highest-paid janitor.
0: I mean, yeah, or just like I don't. Want, it's crazy. Anyhow. So, Doctor Strange goes to visit Morgana. He's like, this lady doesn't have any magical powers. What's going on here? But as he does, Mordo appears from out of nothingness and attacks Doctor Strange. Oh no! It's it's big crazy wizard fight time.
1: Except, Like, like, Mordo, I don't think Mordo's done anything to, like, make himself more of a threat.
0: I mean, he's just kind of doing, he feels like he's powerful enough from his time inside the meetings of different realities and stuff that you can just overpower Dr. Strange. You know, Morgana's apartment starts changing, mouths grow out of the floor, and big claws start growing out of the walls. A huge mystic pit into other realities opens up on the floor, and Morgana falls through, and Dr. Strange has to fly down and down and catch her and her cat, lest they uh, fall through the realities forever. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of big wizard fightings, and Mordo actually seems pretty dang powerful. And Dr. Strange... Looks like he might be in, in a in a ton of trouble. Meanwhile, back at the sanctum, Clea um, gets a phone call on the Orb of agamato It's a bunch of mystic jerks from the Dark Dimension who are basically saying that hey, like, hey, D- Dormammu's missing, and and Umar is weakened, and it's prime time for everybody to try to for us Dark Dimensioners to retake control of the Dark Dimension from Dormammu. Will you be our leader in this uh, mystic fight?
1: Oh, man. Awesome.
0: Yeah, but Clay is like, hey, like you guys are quick now. Like, back in 1965,
1: <laughs> when,
0: when me and Doctor Strange were fighting Dormammu, and I was getting locked up in crazy geometric boxes and stuff, you guys were like, oh, let's just wait and see. While Doctor Strange helped out, and like you guys haven't earned my leadership or whatever, and she just hangs up on them.
1: Oh, man. That sounds like that was going to be a cool adventure. But
0: I mean, th- this is round one of, of yeah. that specific thing.
1: Fair enough. She's, you know, the whole hero's journey, she's got to, like, deny the calling.
0: That's, that's step two. Um, meanwhile, Doctor Strange and Mordo are wizard fighting. They're doing the thing where they both shoot beams at each other, and whoever's beam is the strongest will be the winner. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like a reverse tug-of-war for energy beam.
0: Yeah, it's what you do when two people have energy beams, basically. Um, in the end, Mordo's beam appears more powerful and flies into Doctor Strange, knocking him out. Mordo then I- advances on Morgana, Blessing, to kill to kill her as he's killed Doctor Strange. But as he does, he's attacked by her cat. Oh no!
1: That's the world's best cat. <laughs> I don't yeah. think any cat has cared so much about the safety of their owner. Yeah, ironically it turns out to not be a cat.
0: It's actually Doctor Strange.
1: It's, act- it's been possessed by Doctor Strange! Oh, well, that actually makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah,
0: his, his astral form is taking control of the cat and he's used it to get a good position on Mordo to mystically jam his hands through Mordo's chest and banish him to just dis- and, and banish him completely dispersing him amongst the various dimensions. I think it's a pretty cool picture actually. It's like uh, Mordo's re- reaching up and Dr. Strange is like pushing his hands down through his shoulders and stuff and he gets dispersed
1: yeah no it is, it is really rad and like sort of well framed
0: yeah so Mordo's been de- been destroyed. oh geez
1: <laughs> goodbye forever. that's the end of Mordo <laughs> uh
0: sure okay buddy
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but so Dr. Strange returns Morgana's apartment back to the way it was and brainwashes her as you normally do yep, but she resists the brainwashing.
1: whoa, okay now. Now I'm actually, like, paying attention.
0: Like, he, like, tries to, he's like, all right, well, I brainwashed you and I'll just see myself out. He's like, no, wait, something happened here. Like, I don't remember it. But there was, like, a demon and, like, more, some dude morto or something. And he's like, whoa, that's crazy.
1: <laughs> I'm just a um, janitor. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's like, okay, like, maybe uh, you should come by the townhouse and we'll give you a, a mystic once-over or something like that. She's like, okay.
1: Free mind wipe.
0: Yeah. So Morgana walks out to her balcony to grab her cat. And is like, hey, don't go out here, cat. It's not safe. And as Doctor Strange walks back to the sanctum, to his sanctum, a bunch of garbage dudes open up a garbage can and inside find the dead body of Morgana Blessing's cat. Oh, Mordo's killed it and taken its place. Oh, my God.
1: Ah, oh, Jesus. I hate Mordo now. That's awful.
0: Yeah. No, he totally killed her cat for mystic purposes.
1: Oh. Awful. That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good thing Mordo's dead. Oh, wait, no, he's the cat now. Dang no, it. he's
0: not dead. He's definitely the cat. <laughs> so let's go to Doctor Strange, number 50. Oh, man. From December 1981, the cat and the cataclysm. Oh, Roger <laughs> Roger Stern, Marshall Rogers, and Terry Austin. Chroniclers, Jim Novak, whatever... Marshall Rogers, colorist; Al Milgram, editor; Jim Shooter, editor in chief. So we start sort of in medias res, in the middle of things, where Doctor Strange is sort of flying through dimensions and he bumps into the evil Nightmare on his horse, which is ironically a stallion, but I don't want to get into it.
1: <laughs> it's like a unicorn.
0: Yeah, he's apparently on the uh, on the search for Clea and Morgana, who have both apparently um, who are both apparently now missing. And he kind of fights nightmare, and it's their usual sort of thing. We then we then flash back to a couple days earlier, where or sorry, earlier that day, where Morgana Blessing shows up to be uh, checked at checked by Doctor Strange about with her mystic abilities. Sort of, Strange, Morgana, and Clea all go to the study, and Morgana and uh, Clea sort of give each other um, like you know sizing up eyes. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you can actually see like. The electricity sparking from one eye to the other.
0: Yeah, they don't seem very pleased with each other, I'll tell you that much.
1: They're being polite enough, though.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Doctor Strange sort of lays out the situation, and is like, All right, uh, Morgana, please come with me to my study, and I'll check you for mystic stuff. Um, Clea Wong, if you guys will excuse me. As Clea drinks tea and hangs out with Wong, um, Morgana's purse-like moves, and from it comes a cat. The, the Mordo cat.
1: Oh gosh, Ugh, the worst cat. Yeah,
0: he's used the cat to make his Etua infiltrate the sanctum sanctorum, and from there they have a big wizard fight. As you do, uh, Mordo grabs both Morgana and Clea and banishes them to parts unknown. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So after sort of searching a bunch of demonic, a, a bunch of like demonic realms and stuff, uh, Strange realizes that. They haven't actually, um, they haven't actually, he hasn't actually sent them through time, through space, but just through time, that he can contact Morgana, and she's somewhere in the past, confused and frightened. And so, Doctor Strange teleports to find her, and goes back, but he go? goes back in time once again, this time bodily, though, to 1943, in the middle of World War II, and specifically, in the middle of a bar fight in World War II. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's the best time to be in, in World War II.
0: Yep. Uh, it looks like Morgana it has amnesia and is in the care of a uh, and is, is 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 in the care of a character from uh, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos.
1: What? And,
0: and also there is Nick Fury and Dum-Dum Dugan.
1: Yeah, I thought that was dum-dum. I recognize that mustache and that boulder out anywhere.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so As the bar fight rages, Dr. Strange sort of shows up in complete Dr. Strange garb and is like, this won't do. (laughs) So he ends the bar fight and um, fixes everything up. There's a fun thing where part of fixing everything up cleanly shaves Nick Fury. And um, if you look on the bottom of the page of page 15 of this comic, Duncan, or page 14, I guess, you'll see a little note that accidentally got left in by the production department of this comic. Yeah. Yeah. That says, uh, "Do not add a beard or stubble to Nick from this point on." Uh, doc, the doc has shaved him. What? It was left him by accident.
1: <laughs> Who? When did the doc shave him, though?
0: He cast a magic. He cast a magic spell that was like, "Um, like, at my command, let battle cease, forget this fight, and be at peace by Icon's sands and Hogoth's horde. Let all beyond me be restored." And because of that, it like. Cleaned up all the debris of the bar fight and stuff, but also like um, you know cleaned everybody's cleaned up everybody's uniform and made them not be messy and stuff, which included shaving uh, Nick Fury. It's pretty fair funny.
1: enough. <laughs> That's awesome. I love when kind of stuff like that slips past.
0: It's a it's a pretty fun um, it's a pretty fun like like production error um, error thing, you know? Yeah. But so uh, Doctor Strange pe- catches up with. Uh, Morgana, who's amnesic, and, uh, and P- Pamela Holly, who's a volunteer nurse, and Nick Fury and Dum Dum Duggan. Um, humorously, Doctor Strange just sort of says the exact truth of what's going on. Like like the uh, metaphysical shock has precipitated, precipitated by a telepathic link, has a mess with their astral twin or something like that. <laughs> and there's a moment where Nick Fury and Dum Dum Duggan sort of look at each other and like, think, like, telepathic link? Astral Twins, sure.
1: Man, this is going to end with... if. Well, if this doesn't end with Nick Fury and Dugan getting mind-wiped, I'm going to have some serious issues.
0: <laughs> They're all kind of mind-wipey, you know.
1: Yeah. I'm just thinking about the time when like the entire world got turned into monsters, and so everyone was mind-wiped except for Nick Fury, so that he knew about the Defenders. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no, no. It was the Avengers. He mind-wiped Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. I forgot. Okay, yeah. never mind.
0: He's mind by fair to the Marvel Universe, like that's a that's a that's a stone cold fact. Yeah. <laughs> but so, Doctor Strange probes Morgana's mind to, to try to find out what Mordo's plan is, but he can't find any answers. So then he leaves Mor- Morgana in Pamela's care to investigate himself. He searches London and is drawn to Stonehenge, where he is tricked into flying into a portal in the center. There he sees glimpses of a coming future where um it appears people where, 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 where it appears um pamela morgana have been captured by the forces of various bad guys and stuff and set and he finds himself in the captivity of two powerful wizards viscount crowler and sir baskerville sir anthony baskerville who have teamed up with hitler and dormammu to take over the future
1: Oh my gosh. This is... Right. Okay.
0: The last picture of this is my favorite thing in the world, where uh, Dormammu glo- uh, looms fiery over Dr. Strange's two wizards. Um, as two wizards restrain him, there's a big picture of Hitler surrounded by swastikas in the back.
1: Yep. There looks to be, like... There's some dude in here who looks like um, Grigory Rasputin. Like,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Sir Baskerville, I believe. We've actually... Oh man, this is... so. There's this Eng- so there was this English magical dude called Sir Anthony Baskerville. We've actually met him a thousand years ago. <laughs> sure, well, not not a thousand years ago, but he was, jeez, so <laughs> way back in uh, Strange Tales number one hundred and thirty-five in the third pod- in the third episode of this podcast.
1: Oh man, okay.
0: <laughs> um, Doctor Strange visited his friend Anthony uh, Sir Baskerville. This was when he was on the run from. He was on the run from Mordo and Dormammu, who had teamed up and was trying to find the entity known as Eternity for the first time.
1: <laughs>
0: and we thought Baskerville would know, but instead um, he sold Doctor Strange out to Mordo and uh, and, uh, and and Dormammu. So this guy's oh been, a, been a Dormammu agent for a long time. And we last, and we first met him in 1965, and now, in a comic book from yeah, 1982,
1: back, we've gone back. Hitler.
0: Yeah, now in a comic from 1982, we've gone back to 1943 where he's still evil, and we've got some kind of crazy hitler dormammu connection.
1: Cause why not? I mean, it wasn't played out by then. I bet.
0: Uh huh. And on that note, we finished our comics for tonight with a crazy cliffhanger.
1: The single craziest, I think.
0: This also explains where Dormammu is that allows Kalea to have a possibility of overthrowing him. Where is he? He's in the past, hanging out with Hitler.
1: Ugh, time travel's so weird. It's but, fun, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Time travel is defo fun. But, like, it is also so convoluted. Like, I just so... love
0: that, that, that they brought back this dude from, like, the 1960s comics. Like, that yeah. is really... <laughs> That is a huge point for me, where it's just like, oh my gosh, like I know that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. That is nuts.
0: Yeah, but so we've reached the end of our issues for this for this episode, Duncan. Wh- how you feeling? What do you think?
1: I think that, you know, once we got back to, like, this Stephen Strange stuff, where he is, like, actually, you know, able to go off and do crazy stuff, like, <laughs> I mean, this comic is the, at its best when it's really, really crazy. And so, like, yep. having, you know, the Son of Satan reject satan and be a good guy (laughs) and have it be like totally cool like that's rad like and then having a different dimension satan which i'm never gonna let go like (laughs) a different dimension satan which is dormammu teaming up with hitler like that's the cliffhanger like okay i'm i'm on board like i can get over the fact that like in where we are now in our current day like place and time it's it's definitely like trite to like Mm-hmm. have Hitler just be the bad guy but like this is just so weird and it's so convoluted and obtuse I, I'm worried that they're having too much like stuff going on at once but I'm still on board because it's at its best when it's crazy and this is crazy
0: yeah I'm hoping that yeah I, I think this story is going to crystallize it just needs to crystallize a little more this is just the start of this storyline so they sort of want to end it on a, as big a cliffhanger as possible And the Dormammu-Hitler connection, I can't think of anything bigger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
0: Awesome. So, if you'd like to contact the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email at strangerbythedozen at gmail.com or interact with the show on Facebook and Instagram at Stranger by the Dozen. Twitter at Stranger by the Twelve at Stranger by the One Two on Twitter and on Tumblr at strangerbythedozen.tumblr.com. During the week, I'll post a bunch of images from these issues, so keep an eye out for that. You see some crazy micronaut stuff and things like that.
1: Yeah, so you can figure out which action figures you want to buy.
0: <laughs> when you get in your time machine to 1981. Or if you have yeah. eBay, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually its
1: alternate title. Mm. Uh,
0: Stranger by the Dozen is on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, and any other pod-catching app. And if you give the store these... Yeah. And remember, if you give the show a five-star review on any platform, I will read on the show. Duncan, as always, is a man of mystery, but can be found on our new Lucha Underground recap show, Atomic Heel Turn, on a podcast network near you. Tune in next week as we fight Dormammu and Mordo in the past. Eat ice cream and watch sappy move as Doctor Strange deals with a breakup and starts a new relationship. We learn interesting new facts about the backstory of the Sanctum Sanctorum. And finally, we'll join the Defenders, as maybe, just maybe, we'll finally get to the bottom of this whole Valkyrie problem. Captain America, Rom Space Knight, newly popular but extremely minor villain Cassellius, and The Living Tribunal, all guest star next week on Stranger by the Dozen. And until then, faithful listener, I say, in that at least, Mordo has served me well. Mordo, bah! For all the power he had gained, he was little more than a puppet in my hands. Yours is diminishing race, Strange. In this era, I have found sorcerers more worthy of my notice. They have helped bring me to this war-torn world, and they be my earthly lieutenants as I conquer your quaint little planet. Is
1: that Until a then, from Hitler? Uh, it's from Dormanu, actually. Oh, okay.
0: Until I, then... Until then, my name is Kanye, and for my co-host Duncan, this is Stranger by the Dozen. May the Vishanti guide your path.